Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 502. Starting 502. The Starting 502 podcast, powered by the state of Louisville. I feel like I'm reevaluating constantly. I don't know what I'm getting when I put a player in. Chris, kind of going off of that, you had mentioned you don't really have an explanation for, for why guys are coming out like that. What do you look for in yourself as a coach to either try and inject life or spark something? To, to I think about it 24-7. It's all I think about. My family doesn't, doesn't even know I'm at the house. That's all I think about. All right. Welcome back for another edition of the Starting 502 Podcast. As always, I'm your host of the most, Presley Meyer, joined alongside me by Nick DeConnor. Nick, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what happened tonight. I don't even know where to start. I don't even know where to start because last, I guess, Saturday, um, another late night game, uh, we had some positive takeaways after Louisville's loss to Florida State. And I feel like they were from a place of genuineness. I feel like they were from a place of true looking ahead to the future feelings. I feel like Louisville was 
not they did not win the game against Florida State, but I feel like there were a lot of positive takeaways. Um, I felt like going into this game tonight that Louisville had to win probably their their next four or five games to really bolster the tournament resume and feel confident about getting into the tournament. I felt that NC State was a great opportunity to, to get off on the right foot. That did not happen tonight. Louisville falls to NC State by 17 points. I don't even have the, the final score in front of me. 16. But 79, 79, 63, 16. 79, 63. Nick Connor, the resident math teacher, um, taking care of business here. Nick, I'm going to bring you in. I want you to tell me what the hell just happened. And after a, some positive takeaways, even though there was a loss last week, what just happened? I, I, I know there, there was some stuff that went wrong in the first half. The second half was a disaster of a start. Louisville pushed back. NC State ultimately took charge and had a, a double-digit win or double-digit lead towards the end and just kept pushing and pushing uh, more and more uh, towards a blowout victory. Um, what just happened? Explain to me what's going on. First of all, I feel like an absolute fraud for all those positive things I said on Saturday. I feel like I've been taken on a ride. I feel like I've been lied to, deceived, all of those things. I don't even know where to start. Um, we knew NC State from two weeks ago when Louisville beat NC State. Um we are not two weeks ago, excuse me, a month ago, but before the COVID pause, we had that one ACC game. It was them. We beat them on that Matt cross three cross court pass and late free throws. So the scouting should have already been done. We knew that Sebron and Smith are a lot to handle. Both went Sebron, Sebron at 15, Smith at 24, both hit incredible shots down the stretch. Every time we got it within shouting distance, somebody made a play. Um, NC State shoots 56%. Obviously, that's not going to get it done. Um, Louisville shoots 46% and doesn't win the basketball game. I don't know how often that's going to happen in the last, I don't know, four or five years of this program. But the rotation didn't make sense again tonight. Um, I know there were a lot of Coach, Coach Chris Mack presser comments that were head-shaking, head-scratching, confusing. He's confused. He's befuddled. He kind of let it all out tonight in the post game. Said that you know it's all all he thinks about is trying to get the right guys on the floor. Um, he said he doesn't know what he's going to get from almost every guy on the roster when he puts them in the game. That's a really scary place to be as a head coach of a Division One basketball team in the ACC in 2022. He said Sid Curry's the the only guy who's the same day in day out. He was the same when he wasn't playing early in the year. We saw it again tonight. Sid had 22 and 24 minutes. Uh, but I, th this isn't an NCAA tournament team. I don't know if they have the I, – I, I still think they have the opportunities because they have plenty of games. I mean, mathematically, they're not out of it. I mean, if you follow any of the bracketologists and people who forecast, Louisville's been on the periphery the last couple of weeks and has pushed themselves off of the bubble, which, again, those things don't matter yet. But – if that's the way you look at it, then Louisville's not out of this thing. But I mean, Louisville's 86 in Ken Palm right now, press 86. I'd, 
I don't think we were that low in the David Paget year, and I could be wrong. Uh, I could be wrong, but I believe our, at least our our computer numbers were better than that, even if we lost a lot of games that year. I mean, just from that standpoint, where it's like, for me, when I when I see the product on the floor with my own eyes, and then I can look at some computer numbers and maybe you know, kind of clarify some things on both sides of the floor and like look at pace and look at strength of record and things like that. Like I can talk myself into a better feel or I can, you know, feel better about a, a, a good loss quicker. But I mean, there's nothing, you know, there's nothing to write home about. There's nothing to be positive about. I mean, this was a top 20 defense two weeks ago. And this is now the 94th most efficient defense, according to Ken Palm. This offense still can't put it together in stretches. Played really well in the second half, quite frankly, which is so frustrating. Uh, They were scoring on all kinds, you know, 80% of their possessions in the second half, but couldn't get a stop on defense. And so I I, I think overall, right, obviously not, just not happy in general, you know, not not encouraged by anything. Um, The fact that I have to scroll this far down to find you know, Louisville and Ken Pop to clarify they're 51 in defense. I had the wrong team up there. That makes a little bit more sense. 51st in defensive efficiency, but still just plummeting, you know, losing, losing ground there. Chris Mack again said in the presser that he can't count on anybody to stay in front of a man right now. And if he can't do that defensively, then who cares what the offensive system is with eight newbies? I, you know, it's at this point, I'm, I feel for Louisville fans, as a Louisville fan, as someone who's trying to look at, I think you said this on the last episode, trying to look at it from a little bit more of a 20,000-foot level and kind of see it as, like, for the full year and for the program and, like, be optimistic and look at it from a national level. But this team is not an NCAA tournament team. This roster is not that caliber. This is a really bad ACC. And, I mean, we are... To be clear, we're at a point where the computer numbers are saying this team's going 16 and 14. That's, I mean, that's unimaginable. Yeah, I mean, I'm almost at a loss for words, you know, and I kind of spent the last few minutes of this game walking back to the car, sitting in traffic, driving Jacob to his car, driving from Jacob's car back to my house, walking from my car into my house, like, I'm just sitting here thinking about what the hell am I going to talk about? Like, what is there to say that, that that's positive? What is the constructive criticism that you can give this team? What is something that you can look forward to? And I mean, you look at the, the stat line and I mean, Louisville and NC state were fairly even as far as turnovers, as far as assists dished out. I think Louisville had the same amount of assists as NC state did. Um, Louisville out rebounded NC State, and, and as a matter of fact, they were down by 14 in the first half to NC State, uh, and out rebounded them seven to one on the offensive glass. Um, you know, I mean, I guess you can start with the starters. Um, every Louisville starter was negative in the plus minus, and not only were they negative, but they were like minus 20 or higher um malik williams samuel williamson uh, matt cross uh, who am i missing jared west all minus 18 minus 19 or higher 
in the plus minus against an NC State team that you beat on the road and it shouldn't have taken the last second shot to beat them against an NC State team that's 500 that is at the bottom of the conference. Like, this isn't a team that you should struggle with. This is a team where you have a get-right game and you look at it, you look forward to Pittsburgh and Boston College and some of these other teams and say, okay, we can beat these squads. And I haven't heard a word of what Chris Mack said tonight. Um, you know, I walked out, out of the arena and just tried to get home, get back here as quickly as possible. Um, but, I mean, there is a lot to look at here. Uh, and, and I'm sure that Chris Mack had a lot to say because, I mean, quite frankly, that was embarrassing. Yes, you look back to uh, the 2013 National Championship team. Okay, they lost to Providence by 33 or something like that, a team that didn't ultimately make the tournament. Or you look at uh, 2012 and they lost their senior day game at home to a South Florida team who was below 500. Like, there are instances where Louisville in my lifetime has, has performed just absolutely horribly. Like, bad games happen, right? But Louisville, this is a Louisville team that, that lost to Furman. This is a Louisville team that lost at home to DePaul. This is a Louisville team that got blown out by Michigan State, that, you know, essentially got blown out by Florida State. Yeah, like we had the Baja Bullies moment. We've had, you know, some upside to this season. And, you know, you can look back to the, the Chris Mack six-game suspension. There are other things that you, you can look at and, and kind of try to reason for, with why this is happening. You can look at the, the eight newcomers. You can look at Malik Williams' health. You can look at any number of things. But ultimately, we have to sit here and look at this program and think about the fact that this is just not Louisville basketball. And, you know, Nick, you and I came into this podcast when you took over for Will. And I think that both of our thinking was that, you know, this is not, since you've taken it over, it's not been the Louisville program that we have come to know in our lifetimes and the Louisville program that we were raised to know the history and, and what we stand for and what we're about. Uh, we knew that it wasn't there, but that didn't mean that it couldn't be. And I think as recently as three, four days ago, we thought, you know, hey, listen, this is not where we want to be, uh, but we can be where we should be, if that makes sense. And they're just not, man. Like, they're not. And I have... I do have faith in Chris Mack. I do. I like, I love Chris Mack as a person. I love what he preaches as a coach. I'm fine with his intensity on the sidelines. I know his players love him. I know that he brings a lot to the table uh, that an elite college basketball coach should. At the same time, what you ultimately judge a coach on is their product on the floor. And Chris Mack's teams have just ultimately not brought it. And it's kind of feels like the same thing. Like it, it feels like there's a lot more evidence to show that Chris Mack's not going to get it done than, than he is going to get it done. 
And that is extremely concerning going forward. And when you look at this season, I, and we've talked about this almost ad nauseum, the ACC is down. And this is a season where you have to take advantage. You have to be, you have to have a, a double buy in the ACC tournament. You have to advance to the semifinals or the finals of the ACC tournament to even get into the NCAA tournament. Like this is an ACC that, while when Louisville joined the first couple of years that there were 10, 11 teams getting in, that's not the case right now. And, and the Notre Dames and the NC States and the Wake Forest and the Boston College and all these, these teams that, that are on the schedule, like you, you have to take care of business against those squads. And you definitely can't lose to them. And you definitely can't freaking lose at home by 17 of them. And that's just where I'm just perplexed. And that's where I don't know what Louisville does or what they are going forward. And you and I are both, I feel like internally we're optimists, especially about, about this basketball team and about this program, because we want so badly for them to be better than they are and what they've shown. But ultimately that, that is just not happening. And tonight was kind of like the tipping point, right? Like, the Florida State game, like, yes, it was concerning in some aspects. Like, it's concerning when you lose by 8, 9, 10, 11 points uh, to just an average conference foes, foe that might be a tournament team. Like, ultimately, I think Florida State's like a 6 or 7 seed, uh, which which is whatever. But when, again, when they lost, when, they, when you lose to Furman and DePaul, and when, you know, you essentially – Put, your, put yourself up against the wall when you're behind the eight ball, you have to be able to execute when it matters the most. And the Chris Max credit, it felt like, okay, his first season, for example, Louisville desperately needed a win after a terrible home loss. And they went on the road and got a win against the top 10 UNC team. Um, you know, they desperately needed a victory in the Big Ten ACC Challenge and and somehow figured out, figured out a way to get a win against Michigan State. There have been occasions under Chris Mack where his back was up against the wall and he coached his freaking ass off and Louisville ultimately won. But it seems like those opportunities are becoming less and less and it seems like his execution is becoming poorer and poorer. And that is ultimately what's concerning. And, you know, you and I can talk X's and O's for hours and bore people to death with all of that stuff. And there's a lot of that to be talked about as well. And we'll discuss a little bit more of that down the road. But ultimately, when you lose by 16 to freaking NC State, a team that is going to have to absolutely play their asses off to even have a chance of making the NCAA tournament, like they almost might be at a t- as a team that was eight and eight. Now, I guess they're nine and eight as a team like that they are going to have to essentially lose maybe one or two games for the rest of the, of the season to even make the tournament. And you have that, a team like that come into your house and freaking punk you and get to the basket at will and shoot almost 60% from the field and have their best players just over and over again, just get wide open opportunities. Like I'm not sure what else there is to say about that. Like, Straight up, you just have to be better. And Louisville cannot continue to just come unprepared, and they cannot continue to not make adjustments, and they cannot continue to just have 
just guys just not stepping up and making the most of their opportunities. And ultimately tonight, like, yeah, it's great. Sidney Curry had 22 and 10. He was 10 for 13 from the field. But by the same token, what the hell did everybody else do tonight? Nothing. Nothing. Like, even the guys that you have come to rely on. Matt Cross, Malik Williams, Jared West, guys that have been solid throughout the entire season. You couldn't even rely on them tonight. Uh, Noah Locke came off the bench, hit two big threes in the first in the first half, and then pretty much brought nothing the rest of the game. And it's just like at this point, and I'll turn it over to you. I know it's been a second, Nick, but at this point, it feels like this is just a team full of role players. And we talked about, you know, the, the old Jeff Greer, Greer term where it's like, you know, who stirs the drink on this team? And that's still very relevant, but it's like, you know, we should have known better. Like looking at the, at this team, we should have known that there was nobody on this squad that, that, that could bring what Louisville ultimately needs. Like Jared West wasn't the number one guy on his team in Marshall. And Louisville's expecting him to come in and be the leader point guard. Like I get that he is number three and steals in the nation uh, among currently active players. I get that. And again, tonight he had some great plays on the defensive end with active hands. I get that Malik Williams is provides something that is unique and that a lot of players in the country can't bring. I get that Noah Locke is heating up up and he's becoming one of the better shooters in the country again. I get all that stuff. But at the same time, you look at NC State, a team that's probably not going to make the tournament, and they have better athletes than you. They play above the rim. They beat you off the bounce consistently. Like, they beat they beat Louisville off the bounce over and over and over and over against the most simple actions, like against the, the easiest stuff to defend. And they just absolutely dog walked them, just destroyed them, especially in the second half just getting to the basket over and over again. And it's just like, at what point do you look at this roster and think like, yeah, like there are nice pieces. They are good players. But at some point you have to look at this roster and say like, look, this is not a team that is capable of being what Louisville basketball needs. There's not even close to a, a Carly Jones or a Terry Rozier or a, I mean, I'm trying to think of a Montrez Harrell. Like, I'm not talking about like like players that are like all time greats, but like I'm talking about players that could potentially get to the league, players that could you know be a role player in the NBA. Like, th- those are the type of players that Louisville has kind of built its brand on. Like, they're not they don't have superstars, and they never have, but they have had guys that you're like, all right, that's the guy. Like, that's the guy that's going to make this happen. And there are none of those guys this season. And, you know, you talked about you can go into some, you know, I know you cut some stuff and you have some Chris Mack quotes and all, all of that stuff. But, like, obvi- like, I don't think it's that Chris Mack is even racking his brain to figure out what's going to happen. I don't think that it's Ross McMain sucks as a coach or anything. I think they failed on the recruiting trail in the offseason. And they're at, a, they're at a critical point in Chris Mack's tenure where it's just like, what the hell do you do now? Because you don't have any players that are ultimately going to get it done. And the deeper you get into the ACC season, 
the more that any coach with any kind of experience is going to look at the tape and be like, look, we can destroy these guys because they have nothing. They don't have anybody who can, who can stop the ball. Like L Ellis is your fastest player. He can't stop the ball for worth shit. Like, I mean, I'm just being straight up. Like he can't like Jared West, great defender, but like, he's not going to initiate any offense. Like he can't get into the lane. He's not going to finish against NC State's guards. He's not going to finish against Syracuse guards, Florida State, Virginia, Duke, North Carolina. Like, he's not going to bring that to the table. Like, yeah, he's going to be a great on-ball defender, but what the heck else is he going to do? And how do you find minutes for that kind of guy on the floor? And the guys that Louisville hung their hat on this season, Jalen Withers, J.J. Trainer, like, they're nowhere to be found. J.J. Trainer hasn't played in freaking since – since I don't know, freaking uh, Trump was president. Like it just, it doesn't like, it is just blowing my mind. Like the players that were supposed to be talented are just not going to get it done. Like they're just not. And the players that Louisville brought in to be role players and be the guys who kind of get it done in their positions and maybe kind of every once in a while step in and, and be that guy. Uh, that that takes over, they cannot be relied upon to be power five starters or even power five contributors. And yet here we are with a team full of just role players. And it's just, I don't know where you go, for, go from here, Nick. Um, I know that, you know, I, I'll get off my soapbox here, but it's just, it is just, it's a lot to look at. It's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot, and I don't know where they go from here. Like, I don't know if, what the goal becomes. Like, do you just try to get better and just hope that you can, like, win the ACC tournament? Like, I, I, don't, I don't know what the goal is, uh, but it, the, the, the future is bleak after tonight because you cannot lose to a team like NC State by freaking 16 points and think that anything is going anywhere after the start of the season. Yeah. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full worth limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think the thing that comes to mind is like when when you buy the product that is Chris Mack and the coaching staff and the staff changes, then you buy whatever they're selling. And so I bought these eight guys that were coming in. Like I bought that Mason Faulkner when healthy was going to be a dude. And I bought that L Ellis was going to be an immediate contributor and could defend somebody. And I, you know, I bought that Jared West could play in the ACC offensively. And those things just aren't true, at least right now. And like, I mean, it's everything you said, this, the, the roster is not good enough. That just is what it is. And I think for me, going back to X's and O's was, is like the easiest thing early in the year to be like, okay, well, if we just get this figured out, like if the pack line just gets a little bit more connected and stays, you know, with their eyes on the ball and stays connected, then they'll be fine. And if the offense actually initiates some things and runs the concepts that McMains and Mac want, like, and gets good looks, which they have at times, and the right guys shoot the right shots, we'll be fine. 
You know, like Noah Locke hits three threes tonight, all three of them catch and shoots off of a screen or off of early action. That's what has worked in this offense, right? Matt Cross was a no-show tonight after missing a, a good look in the corner. Um, Sam Williamson got his got subtweeted in the presser for coming off of a good performance against Florida State and being a no-show tonight. Came in, jacked up three or four really bad looks, caught the ball in weird positions, took a weird first move, didn't finish, sat the bench most of the game. I mean, at, at some point it has to be recruiting, player developing, or both. Like a guy like Sam Williamson, right? This this kid was a McDonald's All-American. Like they, they don't swing and miss on many of those. Like that's not like – they just don't miss very often on those. And, you know, obviously we, we want to, you know, VJ King is, is there real fresh in our mind. And so we think back to, you know, like now our last two Mickey D's all Americans have, you know, been not what they were supposed to be, but we see those flashes with Sam. Like you see him take over a game and take over stretches of games. And you can like, he's elite at certain times on certain places of the floor on certain nights. And, and like, even a guy like Sid Curry, right? Like, Saw tonight again, like was very dominant down low. When he got the ball, he got where he wanted. He got the ball in the bucket. And with a size like that, he can do that. And he finishes through contact. But I mean, when Coach Mack talked in the in, in the presser about toughness drills, like he basically said, I know you don't believe me, but we practice these things. And he's like, I don't know what you do with the guy like, and he didn't say Malik, but he was talking about Malik who dropped the ball five, six times tonight, just dropped it, just could not catch a bounce pass. A chess pass, he turned the ball over three or four times off the dribble. Like, I just, you know, what do you do with that? Like, that, it just doesn't make any sense. And he said, to his credit, he said, you know, we've been inconsistent in practice. Like, it's not, it's not just, you know, when the lights come on, like, we are an inconsistent basketball team. And, and I appreciate that honesty because that's what I'm, that's what I need to know. Like, why are we still playing 12 guys? Like, and there's your answer because he can't find, he can't find five that are doing what he's asking them to do. And like, and, and maybe that answer has been eluding us all year, but we got it tonight. Like he's not playing his best five. Cause he doesn't know his best five are. And like, he legit does not know who his best five players are. I mean, he said, again, he said, you know, what am I supposed to do basically when I don't know if I put him in, if he's going to give me 12 and 10, or if he's going to be a no show like Jalen Withers again, tonight catches the ball gets bullied by a guy who's four inches smaller than him. Like what I don't know. I don't. And that's, I mean, that's scouting too, right? Like at this point, that stuff's on film in several games. If Jalen Withers catches the ball, I'm swatting it out of his hand. I'm bumping him. Like he's not tough with the ball in his hands. I, and I think that's the thing that gets like at a certain point, especially when you're playing a team for the second time in the season, like you're only halfway through the season. You've already played this team twice. You self scout number one. And number two, you've already scouted them. So nothing they do should be life-changing. Like, you've already played them. You've already gone through a whole scout on them. You probably even put the same assistant coach on the scout again this time to refresh it. And this is the result. Like, that just doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, I'm, I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not worried about assistant coaches right now. Uh, Pagese was obviously coaching his backside off tonight. Kept getting up Kept getting up and running past Mac towards the, the coach's line there and waving his towel and trying to get certain guys engaged defensively. But, I mean, we've talked about this team had to be a defensive team. 
identity wise and they're not anymore. And, uh, you know, being a top 50 defense is not going to do it for this team. They're just not good enough. Um, talent's not, you know, just, there's not enough talent. Like, like there's nobody on this roster that's making an NBA team right now. Not a single guy, not a single guy. Like, I'm not sure how many of these guys could make, you know, make a sign a one-year deal in Europe somewhere right now, to be completely honest with you. And that's, that's scary, right? That, that shouldn't happen. And like you said, like the Terry Rogers, you know, Donovan Mitchell's even when I remember Terry, I remember late game scenarios, a high ball screen, and he could get whatever he needed to get, whether it was to get to the three point line, get to a jump, pull up or get to the rim. Like Terry could get anywhere he needed to at will whenever you asked him to. And we just don't have anybody who can do that right now. Right. And like you see flashes, we still saw flashes down the stretch tonight, you know, the back half of the second half where we got what we wanted offensively and we ran some action and we got some looks and I, it's almost like to me, Prez, that this team just needs to like, I don't know if it's needs or likes to feel, to be down, like, but just like needs the pressure of, Hey, Oh shoot. We're down double digits with eight minutes left in this ball game. We should probably run. We should probably run that offense. We practice for hours every single day. Like, it's infuriating to watch Coach Mack try to try to re, you know just the way he reacts to this team. It's infuriating to watch the timeouts when when I see them on the broadcast. I mean, it's every part of it's infuriating right now. Um, anybody can see it. You don't have to be a fan of Louisville to see it right now. You know, I think it goes one of two ways here, and I think it's gonna happen. I think it's gonna happen. Like I think either they do get it kind of sort of figured out and. They split down the stretch here and they finish 17, 18, and 12, something like that. And they don't make the NCAA tournament. And it was a decent coaching job for what it was. And Chris Mack is probably out of town. Or this team just like completely blows it and finishes sub 500, quite frankly. Like I think that's, I think sub 500 is on the table right now. This team's 10 and 6 with 14 games left in the regular season. I don't know if they win eight right now. I don't know. I mean, I guess that wouldn't be sub 500 overall, but I, I don't know where to, where you go from here. I mean, again, like the optimistic side of me wants to say the ACC is still bad. You still got 14 games. Yeah, that's all. I mean, he said it in the presser too. I mean, we got a lot of, a lot of games left. Like if we can get it fixed, but I mean, when your head, when your head ball coach is saying those things in the presser is so dejected um, when he makes comments about how, he doesn't see his family, and when he does, they don't even know he's there because he's trying to fix this. I mean, I you know, go off on Twitter. That's fine. I understand. I like I do. Like I'm, I was a little harsh on Saturday. I'll give you that. I was a little harsh on some of the X's and O's stuff and things like that, and like knowledge of certain things. But I, I, I give it to you. You can go off tonight. You can be upset. Absolutely, no problem. Year four, Chris Mack era, no problem with it. Man makes four million dollars a year. I get it. I really do. He's still a person, but I understand it. Like, I don't get paid $4 million. I would work a lot more if I got paid $4 million. Um, but it is what it is. Um, $12 million buyouts, what's in the way? And that's what's going to be in the way. We can have that discussion when we want to have that discussion, but it's $12 million. And so if you got some you got some friends down the street or friends you work with who got that kind of money, then feel free to have those conversations and feel free to tag our interim AD you know, and our interim president right now. But other than that, I mean, 
support this team. Keep showing up to the um. Um, hope they get it figured out. I mean, again, from the broadcast standpoint, and again, I, I live a state away and it is what it is, but I, I, I haven't seen the yum look like that in a long time. Like I, has it looked like that? I mean, other than the David Padgett late in the season, when we knew we weren't making the NCAA tournament, like I, that's what concerns me. Like really, right? Like we see that with the football team and I think the football team's way different right now, personally. Like, I think they're a lot lower and it's just a different, it's a different animal because the football team has never been where this basketball team, this basketball program has been. But when the yum looks like that in the lower bowl, that's, that's definitely worrisome. Yeah. I mean, you have a great point in the fact that just this, this program uh, from a fan base perspective, you know, I've been around for almost three decades and it's not been this bad in my lifetime. Yes, you have you can point to the end of the Denny Crum era where he had one season where they were well, well below 500, and it was just ugly and just terrible and awful to look at. But I mean, in my lifetime, this is this is a low point. This is a very low point. And in in, in the program's lifetime, since you know, going back to the beginning of the Peck Hickman era. You know, I'm talking like 60s and 70s uh, that you have to go back that far to really appreciate just how poor um, th- this team is performing. And yes, I know that we we came away from the last game with a lot of positives because, look, this team didn't give you a lot of positive things to talk about since Chris Mack has been back. Uh, I, I think they looked really good in the Bahamas, but I don't think that ultimately mattered. Because you know you're you're saying that Mississippi State and then Maryland are, are frauds. Uh, they're they're not you know they're not terrible by any means. Like I think Mississippi State and Maryland are about on par with NC State, if you want to do a comparison, or DePaul. Um, so I mean it's nice that you beat those teams, but at the same time, I mean, you look at at, at tonight NC State Smith, Sebron, Helms which is basically a three-guard lineup. Like, yeah, I think it's considered two guards and a forward, but really it's it's it's, it's a three-guard lineup. It's a three-headed monster. And those guys went 22 for 32 from the field and 11 for 16 from three. Those three guys alone made one last basket and a little made for the entire game. And we talked about this, and we will continue to talk about this and discuss it ad, ad nauseum, as much as we wanted this to be the Ross McMahon's run and gun 80 points a game type of team, like they've scored 80 points one once this year. And that's not who they are. That's not their identity. That's not who they're going to become. They're going to have to win with defense. And when you allow the other team's three best players to go 22 for 32 from the field, 11 for 16 from three, most of those threes were wide open. Most of those layups were uncontested. Uh, blown assignments, poor defense, whatever you want to credit it with, whoever you want to put the blame on, it was consistently just a poor product on the floor tonight in a game where you had to win. Like we, you know, I talked about their backs being up against the wall. I mean, your back was up against the wall and it and would, it, would have continued to be and will continue to be uh, for the next month. I mean, you, you have – you play a bunch of crab bums essentially 
and you finish out the month with UNC and Duke at home. And right now, I'm I don't look at this this I look at Boston College and think that's a win. Outside of that, I don't know. They're they're not beating Notre Dame the way Notre Dame's playing right now. I'll tell you that right now. No, Notre Dame is playing just fine after I gave them a bunch of flack over the last couple. <laughs> four of weeks. and one, four and one in conference. I mean, they're getting figured yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, no, Notre I'm, Dame's yeah, at Louisville in the conference. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, that's where we are. That's where we are now. And I mean, I get Chris Mack's frustration, but at the same time, I mean, what do you do? This is the product that that you put on the floor. Like this is, you know. We talked going into the season, Jared West could not be the guy. And yes, like, trust me, like I said over and over, like I trust Jared West for my life. And like, I do like in a certain sense, but like now that he's playing opposing guards that are six foot three, six, four with long wingspans and can out jump and out shoot and out literally everything, Jared West, like that takes away everything that he's good at. Like the opposing coaches look look at, at Louisville and they say, okay, their best players are a grad transfer guard who is a great on ball defender and can't do anything else at an elite level, and a sixty year senior with no knees or hamstrings or jumping ability who just toughs it out and helps for the best. And he can knock down the open three. Like that's that's what Louisville's hanging their hat on. So when you're an opposing an op- when you're an opposing team, you're like, all right, they have a bunch of decent role players, but like f that, we can destroy these guys. And essentially, that's exactly what's happening. Uh, we talked earlier in the season. I think that Louisville was really good at putting Jared West on the, the other team's best guard, and and that was successful. You know, against, you know, we talked about Mississippi State and Maryland. I mean, even against Michigan State, and even against, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of, you know, DePaul, like, like, Wolfville was able to, to shut down the opposing team's best player. But then the issue that you run into is that the second best guard or forward is either being guarded by Samuel Williamson or Noah Locke or Mason Fogner. Like, it's just at some point you have to look at this team for what it is. And yes, Chris Mack can do his best coaching job job ever and, and try to figure out how the heck to fix this. But at some point you really have to realize that like in the offseason, Louisville brought in Mason Faulkner at the last second who had never played at this level. And although he is a solid guard, he is what he is. And Jared West, who again, one of the best on-ball defenders in, in, in the country. Absolutely. But what else does he bring to the table? And you brought in Matt Cross, who, again, is, is a tough player, typically can knock down the open shot, who can make the plays off the ball. Um, I'm trying to think of, 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 of other, you know, Noah Locke. He hits threes. That's it. He can't do shit. He cannot do anything else. Like, I'm sorry. That is what he is. He is a, he's a little bit bigger Ryan McMahon. Like that is what his role is at this point. Like that's what he was tonight. He knocked down three threes off of designed. Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? 
Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. See website for details. Plays for him to knock down a three. And that's it. He gave nothing else. He got beat over and over and over and over and over again by the opposing guards. Like you have, it's just, this team is comprised of all but one player who were recruited by Chris Mack. And it is just not good enough. And there are a ton of really promising players coming into this program next season. Like probably, if I'm being honest, two of the three most intriguing players of the Chris Mack era. And I hope that we get to see those guys. But right now, I mean, I'm concerned about Louisville making and doing anything in the NIT. Like, that's the point where we are. I don't think we're going to be in any postseason tournament. Like, I don't, I legit, I don't think the university accepts anything that's not the NCAA tournament. Yeah. And, and, and I, I can, I can defend myself after the last game because, like, I think there were positives to take away after Florida State. I thought that they they executed really well on offense. I felt like the defense was okay in Florida State, knocked down a bunch of really good shots. But tonight was regression from that. 100% was regression from that. And as well as they finished down the stretch against Wake Forest and NC State the first time and and a, a few other occasions this season, it was the polar opposite tonight. It was just an absolute cluster. And at some point, you just have to acknowledge this team for what it is. And I mean, my expectation, like our expectations, me and you and, 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 and every other probably pretty realistic person within the fan base is, look, when every in a bad season, the expectation is to be Sweet 16. And in a solid to great season, we need to be really pulling for a Final Four. Like that is our expectation. Like we're an elite top 10 program and probably even higher. And that should be the expectation. Like if you're a, I'm trying to think an Auburn fan in football, if you're a Texas A&M fan or a Texas fan or a USC fan, a team that's a top 10 program, like your expectation you're in and you're out is like, you need to contend for the college football playoffs. You need to be in a, in a, a new year's six bowl. Like that is what your expectation is in college basketball. If you're Kansas if you are Villanova, if you are, I'm trying to think of, of, of another team that's comparable uh, to Louisville, <clears throat> your expectation is 100%. You need to be a Sweet 16 team. You don't not make the tournament. You don't get knocked out in the first and second round on a consistent basis. You don't not bring in top 20 recruiting classes. Like that is not, that is not the product that you put on the floor. And that's not who you are as a program. And at some point, regardless of what's going on off the floor or whatever else, like Louisville has to bring in better players and Louisville has to coach up players that aren't, you know, top tier four and five star guys. And right now we're just not seeing any of that. This is a team comprised of a lot of just pieced together transfers that are just not, it's just not working out. And maybe next year they bring in Frederick King. And they bring in um, Dre Davis's brother. I can't think of his name. Tay hey. Davis. And 
Kamari Lands. And they bring in Kamari Lands, who is probably a McDonald's All-American if, if he sticks to his pledge to Louisville. You know, maybe next year they bring in those guys and they find an elite transfer, you know, some guy from Texas or UCLA or Oregon or something like that transfers in. And all of a sudden Louisville has the pieces. And then the guys that are on this team actually fit and work. Maybe that's the case. But right now you have a bunch of role players. You didn't recruit a team that is conducive to being successful in the ACC and in the NCAA tournament. And maybe things turn around. Maybe Jared West finds a way to become the player that we expect him to be. And maybe Malik Williams guts it out and he's a great story in his final season. Or maybe Samuel Williamson really turns it on on the offensive end. Or maybe, you know, Louisville finds a way to be a great team in transition, which I think is a huge deal that we haven't even talked about. Maybe those things happen, but right now they're not. And yeah. right now, Louisville's not a tournament team. And all, to be quite honest with you, they're not even close to being a tournament team. And with all of that in mind, to kind of close things out here, I mean, going forward, every game has to be a win. And if it's not a win, we need to sit here and question why. What is going on with this program? Why are things not better? Why are you 10 and six? Why are you, you know, if you lose the next game, why are you 10 and seven? Like, it's just, at this point, it is just a, a, a major disappointment. And, you know, I, I don't, you know, I've, I have been okay with the job that Chris Mack has done. But at the end of the day, I just really, I, you have to see more. You got to see more. It's got to be better. It's got to be, you know, more, way more so than than the, the than the football program. You have to see more. You have to get back to the point where you can consider yourself an elite program. And right now, they're they're not. Look, right now, Louisville is a middle of the pack ACC team with a bunch of role players, and it, it, it it's a struggle. Um, Louisville has Pittsburgh this weekend, a Pittsburgh team that had a shot to send send this thing to overtime just a week ago. Nick, you got any comments on Pittsburgh before we got to get out of here or just any comments in general about this, this uh, program? Uh, Pittsburgh's played good basketball since Louisville's played them, um, has gotten it kind of figured out a little bit. I think we may have given them a little bit more confidence than they came in the KFC Yum Center with. Um. Last year's recruiting class was seventeen was seventeenth in the country. You know, next year's is still missing a few pieces, and obviously with the COVID extra year, we're still dealing with the consequences of that roster management wise. But you know, seventeen's not good enough at Louisville. It's just not right, and it's good enough if you know, like Mike James doesn't break his foot, you know, and. You know, Rose Reeler develops quickly, you know, and L. Ellis and Sid Curry are playing big minutes early, you know, like that would make it fine. Um, but I mean, when you have Samuel Williamson, who's the fourth highest recruit to ever commit to the University of Lowell, according to the modern day rankings on this roster, he should be the guy you can count on. You can't. 
right? We knew that coming into the year, which is very unfortunate. I I I think Chris Mack will at this point go one of two ways, and I think it will either be a bench gets short immediately and he plays the older guys who have proven they can play in stretches. And that's, you know, that's the Malik's, the Sam's, the West, you know, those kind of guys, or he goes full development mode and tries to convince the fan base and administrators and all of those parties that next year, the pieces will be there and just tries to limp his way out to the finish. Um, I don't think Chris Mack's going to go down without a fight. I'll say that. Um, love the guy as a person. I think he's a great guy. I think he's a good family man. All those things did really good things in the community when he was at Xavier. And I think he does that little too. I think he wants to be there and I think it is truly the job he wanted. Um, I don't, I don't think you can ever be prepared for the kind of upgrade he took um, as far as just lifestyle change and expectation change recruiting all of those things. I don't think he could have ever been prepared for that. Um, and from that perspective, I understand like, yeah, if I could get Nate Oates in the door today, I would feel really good about that. You know, a guy like that, or if I get Chris Beard in the door today, I'd feel really good about that because those guys are coming from programs that have much higher expectations. And even if they don't have level expectations, those guys have been in those tournament situations recently. And so they understand winning, you know, under pressure, but Chris Max, what we got right now, we got his players right now. And again, there's no, it, you know, it's not my roster situation. It is his roster. It's his guys. He's responsible for player development. Um, I, I, you know, I'm not going anywhere. You know, like you said, the blood runs deep. It's, you know, from a very young age was a family event to watch local basketball. It wasn't like a, you know, a lot of people, like I, when I met my wife, um, they're, they're big Notre Dame football fans. They had a lot of family go there and they, would tape the Notre Dame game if like they had a family thing going on. My family, we scheduled things around Louisville basketball. Like our weekend was scheduled around Louisville play. Like we would like go to eat late or go to eat early or like do this or do that to make sure that we were on time for the Louisville basketball game. So that's not going anywhere for me. You know, like my passion's not going anywhere. I think this team can figure it out, Prez. I don't know. Like I, I, I don't, I, I don't think anybody's take is, you know, fantasy at this point or fact, I don't know where, you know, anybody could be right or wrong at this point. I think they'll win a few games down the stretch. I'd like to see them, you know, compete in the ACC and who knows, maybe rattle off four days in the ACC tournament and, and do something crazy. But this, this fan base, this university, this community just needs something positive, like just needs something going in the right direction. Um, but again, I, if you're a Fairweather fan, that's fine. You're you're free to not give them your your dollars or your viewing, whatever it is. But I'm not going anywhere and go beat Pitt. Yeah, I mean, I, and I'm with you. You know, I haven't missed a game yet this season uh, at home. I don't intend to. I'm going to be there to the very bitter end, just like I was with with Louisville football this season and the season before, and just like I was in the Cragthorpe era and just like I was in the David Padgett era. Like I, I I'm going to be there, man. And we're going to see this thing through. Uh, anybody that listens that thinks that we're too positive or too negative, which I get responses for both of those sides. Uh, that's okay. Like 
ultimately, like I, I would like to see this um, from a fan perspective and, and try to give you guys a fan perspective as well. But I also want to see this from, you know, a, a realistic level headed perspective. I, I really felt out after Florida state, like, like Louisville was going in the right direction. Uh, I felt like even in a loss that, th- that they were better than, than they were in a few wins prior to that. And that, you know, there were just a few plays here or there that, that ultimately made the difference. I didn't feel like that tonight against NC state. I felt like this was a game with that they had to have. And I truly felt like my intuition told me, and you know, that's, that's a phrase that I use a lot, but my intuition truly told me that, that this was a game where Louisville was just going to refuse to lose. And even down six, down eight, down 10, down 12, late in, in the second half, I just felt like Louisville was going to pull this one out because that's what they'd done down the stretch in the past. And they needed it. Like Chris Mack needed this, this victory desperately. This program needed, needed this fit victory desperately. And for the first time this season, instead of truly stepping up and, and turning the game on its head, you know, Noah Locke hitting big threes, Jared West making big defensive plays, uh, Malik Williams hitting big shots or getting to the to the bucket. It was a different cast of characters. It was a different set of plays that were being ran. It was different execution on the defensive end. It was a different team altogether. And I don't fault Chris Mack and, and the Louisville staff for, for trying to figure out what the hell is going on and why they can't get consistent play from, from their star players. But look, man, I mean, tonight was, was not good. And it would be an understatement to say that it was a serious regression and it was not the team that we've been accustomed to. And I, we, I just believe that we need to see more and going into the Pittsburgh game, I would like to say that I'm confident, but I mean, look, this is a pit team that, I mean, the, the reality of the situation was that Pitt was beating you for the majority of the game at your place. Then you had a big run, took advantage of that, and were up seven with about 20 seconds left to play in that game. Yes, Pittsburgh had a, sh- a shot to win the game or to tie the game, uh, but that was ultimately the result of stuff that happened on the bench and not what was happening on the floor. I think that Louisville's obviously a way better team than Pittsburgh, but right now that doesn't seem to matter because I think that Louisville's a better team than NC State. And you lost by 17 at home tonight, bro. Like, you got it. Things have got to be better, and there needs to be a, a, a switch that's flipped. And I agree with you, Nick. I think that something extreme will happen against Pittsburgh. Like Chris Mack is going to pull every stop possible to try to figure out what makes this team go, what makes this team click and what's going to provide that consistency. If that's a seven man rotation, that is, you know, a lot more Sidney Curry, Mason Faulkner. And, and I can't even think of a a third player. Maybe I, I, I don't know. Samuel Williamson rather than Jared West and Malik Williams, I think that that's what's going to happen. Like, I think it's the latter situation, what you're talking about. So there's a lot to talk about going forward. I think there's a lot more from this loss than there would have been from a win to talk about. And I'm, I'm concerned. I'm concerned about the future of this program. 
I'm concerned about where we're going for the rest of the season. I think that there's time to still turn things around. I think that we could look back at this moment and think like this was the aha moment. Like I, I think that there is still time. I think that a lot of things can still change. I think the rotation can be improved. I think the players can get better over time. I think that, you know, the 17 point loss can be an anomaly at the end of the day, but right now the future is bleak. And right now the chance of all that happening is very slim. And, you know, we were realistic when Louisville was losing games close or winning games close. And we're going to be realistic now. This, this isn't good. And we got to see better on Saturday. Um, and ultimately, I, I believe in my heart that we will, but my intuition also told me that we were going to win tonight, and that didn't happen. So um, going forward, um, I, I, I just need – we need to see better. I think we will. We got another big-time post game coming up this weekend. Look forward to seeing you guys. Until next time, go Cards. Go Cards. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.